Hello and welcome to the Deep Two NBA Podcast. My name's Sean and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Buff, Miss Buffer Man. How are we? I'm good, but I'm a little bit irked that usually I'm coming here, I'm getting a red can mm. of soft drink, but tonight it's a black can. It's a black Pepsi Max can. And I don't quite know what to make of it, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> no, I do. Um, it tastes very similar. It does taste similar. Have you ever had a thumbs up? Huh? A thumbs up. Is that the old soft drink that was like a soda from 2005? No. Nah. So it's an Indian cola drink. No. Oh, why would I have that? Well, you're a man of culture. You, you, you've eaten an, an Indian restaurant before. Silly me Google's thumbs it doesn't, up. <laughs> doesn't, it, also, just... it also doesn't have a bead. Thumbs doesn't have a bead. It's like T-H-U. Ah, cool. Yeah. Anyway, I would describe it as like if Coke and Pepsi had a baby. Wow. Because it's got the taste of Pepsi, but like the, the, the throat burning sensation that we all love from Coke. <laughs> we reason, must be drinking different Coke because that doesn't happen to me. The only reason why I drink Coke is because it's been here. Well, yeah, potentially. <laughs> because you've got me hooked on Thursday evenings. Um, no, the only reason why I drink Coke is because of the... the It just ravages my throat. Like, I'm, I really feel that I'm drinking it. It's yeah. a real... There's, like, an extra sensory experience mm. that doesn't involve my taste buds. It's, yeah, like right, right. acting on my mouth and throat in a different way. Yeah, like, Pe- Pepsi comes out of the can half flat already. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, and exactly. some people love that. Exactly. And each to their own. Coke is, like, violently carbonated. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. reason why The same reason why I love salt and vinegar chips so much. Yeah. Obviously, they're delicious, but also, there's a bit going on inside the <laughs> mouth area along with the... You know, you, you eat a whole packet of... Red Rock Deli salt and vinegar chips like you you know about it. yeah <laughs> you know about it. Uh, and sometimes Toblerone um, you ever tried to eat a Toblerone biting it and then it slipped up your mouth and scratched the roof of your mouth nah has that happened to you though yeah <laughs> yeah I had a pretty rough start to my Europe trip in 2019 where I'd had my wisdom teeth out two weeks earlier I still had some holes there and then um, I've got this little like you know syringe with plastic on the end I might have actually told this story on the pod did you I didn't know you went to Europe in 2019 yeah, yeah. when 2019 <laughs> February crazy yeah before we before we started the pod yeah and then yeah. I went to Europe in 2019 as well oh really yeah all well, remember no I went to Europe we did the we did remember we did the episode oh, yeah, from the, yeah, from the, yeah, yeah, from the yeah. churchyard yeah 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 we didn't do many episodes whilst I was gone maybe one or two yeah we did the episode from you're the in churchyard Europe, live in yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I felt so guilty why well because we hadn't established the baseline of no, but we talked about when we started the pod, hey, you're going to go away pretty soon. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, oh, like, fuck, Sean's going to hate me. Going to knock him out to the pod for six weeks. So this run sheet starts with EP160. I think you'll be fine, Tante. <laughs> but yeah, I just got my wisdom teeth out and I had this little syringe that was like, just, you know, you filled it up with water and you slushed out some food that was in the back of your gross yeah, little holes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, I really needed that. Like, you know, obviously I was fresh off the wisdom teeth. I wasn't inflamed or anything, but I needed to clean out the old gum. Mm. Um, and then I'm on the plane over to Europe ate lunch whatever it was airplane food what's the deal and then I go to the bathroom and then I'm like you know I'm like resting it there I'm you know know, you're in a cramped little cramped little airplane bathroom accidentally press some button that opens the bin and drop it and then the bin is like you know (laughs) quite a few meters deep because it's got to last like a big trip and maybe a return trip so there's no way I'm sticking my hand down this airplane bathroom bin trying to grab that thing and I'm just like well if my gums get infected my gums get infected 
And on that same plane ride, I eat a Toblerone. It slips off my top teeth and just grazes about two centimeters of skin from the roof of my mouth. <laughs> it was it was a really rough start to the trip. The Toblerone is also like that part of the Toblerone is also like point shaped, so yeah. it's designed for like maximum skin gouging. Yep. If you were going to design something that would take the most amount of skin off when scraped, you'd probably design something like that just to really get in there. Yeah, yeah. Those Swiss really have thought of, <laughs> thought of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, but despite me telling a story, you do have a story to start this pod with. So what is it? So I'm at work today um, and we're doing a big clean out of, the, of, of this office space. So the retail, I work at the museum, the retail department, um, at the museum has like an office space that doubles as a storeroom that doubles as like a stock processing facility. So it's all kind of like cramped and there's shit everywhere. Stuff like no one knows where this has come from. No one knows how long this has been here. No one knows why this didn't just get turfed. What is this doing? What business does this item have <laughs> hanging around for three years? Lots of tables, lots of chairs, lots of furniture. Anyway, the last thing that we had to move for the afternoon came to be colloquially referred to as the big kahuna. And it's this gigantic oak desk. Mm. Probably shouldn't have been thrown into landfill, but they're yeah, like, just yeah, fucking nice. get rid of it. Get it out of here. So it's too wide to fit through the doors. So we can't take it down through the regular way that we would take it down to the skip. It's also too heavy to carry down. So we needed a dolly or a series of dollies to move it. And we went down to look for the dollies. And this in and of itself was a little bit of an odyssey because we've first gone to the exhibition space, then we've gone to the retail space, see if we had any dollies laying around. Then we've gone to the carpenters. Carpenters room is locked. Then we found a back way into the carpenters warehouse, found some dollies, got catfished because there was a dolly that had a cabinet on it. But then when I lifted the cabinet off, it turned out it was attached to the dolly. Anyway, we're kind of a bit dejected. And our boss who's showing us, there's two of us, He's showing us the back way to get from one side of the museum to the other, having to go down and around to go up to then come back down and around with the table. Not not prime table walking area. No, not prime table walking area whatsoever. When we come out of a lift and we see the biggest dolly I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. This dolly was approximately... 50 centimeters high. Yeah. The actual platform itself, I reckon, was 20 centimeters of like solid wood. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. The wheels were as big as my fucking head. It was like probably two meters by like 1.5 meters. And so we had to take this up from the absolute bowels of the museum, finding our way to not be disoriented because you're like, you, the directions is like, use the west lift and you're yeah, like yeah. 40 meters underground. All of the corridors look the same. Yeah, it's not the 40s. We don't know the fucking You barely directions. even know what level you're on, <laughs> let alone the cardinal direction. So we're going in and out of these lifts and we're going up levels and coming out of the lift and being like, this is the wrong lift, this is the wrong level. Back in we go. All the while, we've got this absolute monstrosity of a dolly. And it took us about 40 minutes to even get to the point where we got the dolly ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we've taken it up to the office, loaded the desk on, we got the desk out, taking it all the way back around, all the way down, chucked it in the skip, and my coworker was finishing work at four o'clock, and we took the dolly back to the spot where we grabbed it, just resting on the side of 
a corridor hallway of a wall in the corridor popped it back pulled the phone out checked the time 4pm and that's it and it was really fucking really fucking satisfying to have gone through all of that but whilst we were wheeling the dolly the table around on the dolly which also was like the most unwieldy like wheels kind of like you know when you're wheeling a trolley and it's got a busted wheel and it's going like does like the 360 spin while the yeah, other ones are all yeah. going in the same direction yeah. it's that but on a much larger yeah, yeah. scale <laughs> um, and it felt like I was in a British sitcom where something absurd quietly absurd is happening in everyday life and I just have to continue to go about this absurd task <laughs> acting like it is everyday life it felt like an episode an episode of Peep Show <laughs> Butter the toast, eat the toast, shit the toast. Yeah. Butter the toast. <laughs> true, Cor- <laughs> true Corrigan style. Um, right. Well, that's enough fluff. Uh, <laughs> we all know what we're here to do. We are finishing off our off-season grades, one of our most anticipated podcasts for the calendar year. We are doing the second half, being the Western Conference. Obviously, if you missed last week, episode 159 was the Eastern Conference. Um, but we'll kick it off with the Dallas Mavericks. We're going in... Hold on, hold on. Uh, well, that's, we'll do that when we start it. All right, now we're ready to go. This is a, a daddy Pepsi. Yeah, daddy, yeah, daddy <laughs> Pepsi. All right, off to bed now, kids. <laughs> Your mother and I are watching House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Dallas Mavericks added JaVale McGee through free agency with a three-year tax bill, middle-level exception. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. You, 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 you're cringing a little bit. Do you? No, it's good. It's from Clifton Hill. Oh, I love Clifton Hill. Local. <laughs> um, no, it's actually called Local Brewing Company. Um, <laughs> they traded for Christian Wood and they drafted Jalen Hardy with the 37th overall pick. Um, I'm not going to list the players that they lost uh, no to, 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 get, no to give up Christian Wood, but there's about five of them. Um, I've given them a D-. minus, um, Which is pretty, pretty red hot to come out with the first one. So yeah. I'd love to hear what you got to say. So obviously they, they lost Jalen Brunson and I know your counter argument here but at the end of the day they lost their second best player and they didn't find a way to replace their second best player. I also think that they failed to to look at the team and look what the team needs um, and they, they've, they've gone the wrong direction here. They've gone with Christian Wood and it's not just Christian Wood because they've they've paid a JaVale McGree with a three-year contract. Like if you want to throw a one-year taxpayer MLE at him, it's like, okay, cool. He's a serviceable big. Like, he was obviously on a really good Phoenix team last year. That's fine. But three years is like, okay, you've got some... It might not be that much, much money, but you've got a serious commitment to this guy here. You've also just traded all this stuff for Christian Wood. Um, and I'm just a little bit like... like and, and, and the problem is, I was actually going to give them an F, and I've gone with a D- just because... So I've got this... Um, I've got this sheet on my... I've got this Google Doc on my thing where just whenever I find news that's interesting, I'll write it down and I'll that's be... very in character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it was, it'll have the date, it'll have who it's from and just like some news that's just like, oh, that's kind of weird. But if, you know, I, I'll either remember it or if I'm writing an article about someone, I'll just press control F and type in the player. Um, and one of those things that I, I've always remembered is that last year, 
Christian Wood was rumored to be traded to the Miami Heat, and then everyone, you know, there was a rumor where Pat Riley's like, I want, I want Christian Wood, and everyone's like, oh, how's that going to happen? You look at their trade assets, oh, it actually can't happen. But then it's like, oh, what is, what is the trade there? Because they're not going to give up like Jimmy or Bam. Um, so they were, you know, the the idea was going to be having Bam at the five and Christian Wood at the four, and it's like everyone's like, oh, well, why would you do that? Christian Wood's a five, like he's like a little bit undersized, but he's super athletic and he can shoot, and you, you'd much rather just have that at the five rather than, you know, a slower four. Um, so I just wonder whether that wasn't just a Miami thing um, and maybe Christian Wood is actually going to be good at the four next to two guys and Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic that can get in the ball where he wants it he can obviously finish lobs he can obviously finish pick and pop um, but still just in terms of losing your second best player and sort of replacing him poorly um, but I've gone with a D minus what have you what have you done so I've gone with a C plus um, and I, I don't like Wood necessarily as a player and I certainly don't like him on the Mavs I think the deal itself was fine like they, they got they, what his objective value probably is they got him for far less than that but I don't think that yeah, he's it turned out to be like the the what 26th pick or 27th yeah, pick yeah plus like like four Rubbish. players who are yeah, literally literal <laughs> detritus yeah. uh, but I think uh, I talked about this on the pod before but like Luca Luca plays best with Finishes. Yeah. Whether that's someone like a Maxi Cleo who's finishing by hitting, you know, four threes in a game, or someone like Javel who's finishing by rim rolling and dunking. Christian Wood is not a finisher. Christian Wood is like a playmaker, yeah, but he's up. not that good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also played in situations where he's kind of, yeah, had license to face up and develop his game that way. And you might say that that adds a different element to the offense that they haven't had before. Like a big who can actually face up and not be Chris Epps Porzingis. Mm. Maybe a big who'll get a, a smaller guard on him at the elbow and not shoot a turnaround jump shot. Maybe that adds something. But they know what they have in Luca. They know what they have in their offensive system. They don't need that. Mm. So I think that it's kind of like a miscasting. Don't love it, but it's fine. I think... On the Brunson point, though, like I, I'm finding it difficult to dock them too much because, yes, they did lose their second-best player and not find a way to replace him. But it seems like he was just going to go to New York. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, like the only, the only criticism you can have for them not retaining him is going back to 2018 and saying that they should have signed him to the standard, the <laughs> yeah. standard rookie contract that would have given them team control for this year rather than giving him the flat four-year deal that they did, like, which obviously in retrospect was a mistake, mm-hmm. but we can't criticize them for this purpose <laughs> now for that. And if he decided he's going to New York, he's, then he's going to New York. But the flip side of that is, if they had paid him 120 million and mm-hmm. said stay, or 125 million, we would be sitting here saying that's too much for Jalen Brunson. Yeah. So he's not someone who I, don't think you, who I think you can't live without. Yeah. And I think the fact that before they traded Porzingis away and brought in Bertans and Dinwiddie, Brunson was already thriving in that secondary secondary um, playmaker, ball handler role, mm-hmm. running the second unit and playing off Luca when Luca gives the ball up. So I'd be optimistic that based on what we saw in the second half of last season and the playoffs, that Dinwiddie can step in and do a facsimile of what Brunson was doing before Dinwiddie got there. Yep. Which in that case, you're replacing that role pretty capably. Let's say that Dinwiddie can do 75 to 80% of what Brunson did last season. Mm. 
you're replacing that pretty capably, and then what you're really losing is like your third guard, like your third ball mm. handler. But they, more they did have a three-headed monster. It, they, it's, they, it's not like they're losing Ish Smith. They're losing. No, no, really I know, good. I know. But like the the practical reality is that like you you you're not paying Jalen Brunson thirty million dollars a year. You're just not mm. because if Jalen Brunson has a if Jalen Brunson has an average year in New York, that's instantly one of the worst contracts in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, um, so I can't dock them too much for losing him. In in terms of like. Are they closer to? Are they closer to a championship, vi- like now than they were six weeks ago? Like probably not. I yep. would say, but I don't think that they that they're much further away. And I think the context is important. So one other thing I wanted to mention here is that the Dallas Mavericks are sort of flying under the radar a little bit in terms of front office instability. Um, obviously, at the moment they've got Nico Harrison as the as the general manager there, or you know, right, the shoe guy, <laughs> or, or the Pobo. Um, but uh, like just before that, there was the whole uh, th- this time last year there was the hurl about Vulgaris sort of weird stuff going on there, and he's I think uh, I looked it up before. He's like in charge of like some second div soccer club or some like random and second div in like Italy or something. Really, something, something all over the. He's shop. in charge. Yeah, must be nice to be like <laughs> such a megalomaniac who is just like. Well, I got kicked out of my um, basketball organization. Maybe I'll just fuck off to Italy and just like. Pick Sorry, up. let 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 me just get the actual thing. He is purchasing. Um, purchasing. That's even better. <laughs> he's purchasing a Spanish soccer club. What? What club? Uh, club Deportivo Castellon. Oh. <laughs> Deportivo Castellon. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, and then before that, there's obviously the Donnie Nelson stuff, and Donnie Nelson, who had done a great job at, at building and, a title and contender. And been there for, forever. And, and also finding good talent. Um, yeah. So I'm just a little well, bit and like... there's the fucking sexual harassment yeah, stuff with going on Cuban with Mark and, Cuban, yeah, yeah. and also Chris Porzingis being accused of rape, and then the team still trading for him. Yeah. Funny so, how that just, like, went away. <laughs> um... Yeah, organizational instability up the wazoo. Um, and Luca, you know, he's, he's signed his whatever Supermax extension. I think that probably kicks in this season. I mm, think it was an extension. So five years uh, to get a little bit of stability and they've mm. lost their second best player, which, yeah, you don't want to pay him $30 million, but it's not like they have $30 million to spend elsewhere. Do you know his own corpse? Sure. This is one of these stats that sounds like it's from the 1980s. One of those ones that's like, whoa, it was such a different time. Luca Doncic has played four seasons. Yeah. And in those four seasons, he's won Rookie of the Year and been All-NBA first team three times. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That's like, that is... Bob Pettit. That is like, that is like a borderline, <laughs> it's a borderline Hall of Fame career before you've even signed your second your second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about that today because I'm writing an article at the moment about Carl Anthony Towns, just like mm. how good he is. And he was an All-Star in his third season and obviously like, you know, 18 and 10 in his rookie year. And that's like, um, you know, you got to, even though, you know, pace is, you know, really, really fastened up a little bit and, and offense is easier, that's still like very good numbers as a rookie. Yeah. But then, yeah, Luca is just like all NBA. Yeah. yeah seriously. <laughs> In the MVP discussion. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Denver Nuggets, who added via free agency Bruce Brown and DeAndre Jordan while trading for Contavious Coldwell Pope and Ish Smith. And they drafted Christian Braun. Thanks for saying that properly. Every, every, I really appreciate every, that. So it is actually Brown. No, but just because... No, it's not, but it is. You no, know but I mean? just, because, just because it's been 
No, 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 he just, wants to be called Brown. No, no, I know, but all I'm saying is that I know better than him, <laughs> and his name is Braun. <laughs> um, so um, I'm not gaslighting you. You're just crazy. No, it, it just don't like that. Like that's so annoying. Because yeah. I think what what has happened is that his family has emigrated from Central Europe, however long ago, and their name is Braun, which is a Germanic name. Yeah. Braun spelled the exact same way. And they've moved to buttfuck nowhere USA and the people there have been like, what's this name? And they've just acquiesced and decided that it's called Brown, which is like, no, hold on to your cultural heritage, you know, make them learn to say your name. Don't change what your name is for them. Anyway. Christian uh, Brown Christian Brown Peyton Watson yeah. Ismail Kamigata and they re-signed Nikola Jokic to uh, the richest NBA contract he's Supermax two-time MVP deserves every dollar of that um, they also picked up Jack White from Bendigo oh, Jack White is, is he actually he entered Summer League with that whole entire roster most of them trying to make that final two-way roster spot and Jack White won it which is pretty cool um, to do this they gave up Will Button Bryn Forbes Jermichael Green Monty Morris and Austin Rivers um, they have pending free agents in DeMarcus Cousins and Marcus Howard but their roster is full so they won't be re-signing anyone um, I've given them a B because they have the core there sorry just burping up one of the two fizzy drinks (laughs) they have the core there of the big three and Aaron Gordon is definitely you know a a part of the team there and he's very much part of the core while not being the big three and they literally just needed a three and D wing and I wrote an article I wrote a couple of articles leading up to it saying how can they get them like trade free agency like how do they get this this three and D wing and KCP might have been like the best case scenario and they got him and like the cost was Monty Morris and you can give up that asset being Monty Morris because Bones Holland has burst onto the scene. So I, I've given them a good grade there for getting a guy who fixes all their problems. They had minimal resources to get that player, which, you know, 3 and D wings are hard to get. Um, they extended him. I think it was like 3 for 40 or something like that. That's which fine. Which is so reasonable. So reasonable. Um, they signed Bruce Brown to... They had access to the full mid-level exception when they signed him. And then he, they just gave him half of it, which is like, fuck, you know, poor Bruce Brand. I'm sure you could ask for more money, but they've got him for on a two-year deal there. All great depth pieces, all incredible moves, addressing 3&D wings. Bruce Brand gives them versatility all over the court, no matter what they want to do. And obviously they've got the two forwards, which can play all over the shop. So Bruce Brown's definitely going to help with some lineup versatility there. But they fucking signed DeAndre Jordan, who's been like one of the worst rotation players for the past two years. They signed him on day one. Um, DeMarcus Cousins is still a free agent. I think he's just going to sign a minimum if he signs anywhere. He's better than DeAndre Jordan today. Yeah, but they're both shit. But but DeMarcus Cousins is actually like a fine backup. DeAndre Jordan oh. isn't a good backup. He DeMarcus Cousins had some good rim-protecting numbers last season, and he was like, you know, he had one good playoff game, and really, because Jokic is going to play 45 minutes in the playoffs... You don't need him for the playoffs. But you do need... I'll take your word for it about Boogie's rim-protecting numbers. Yeah. But you do also need a a backup centre for 15 minutes. In the regular season. season. Yeah, 100%. And and not in a significant span of time. Um, Maybe Gordon plays some small ball five minutes there, so you only need 10 minutes. But 10 minutes Uh, over 80 games, that's 800 minutes... Um, yeah, Michael, Michael Malone doesn't like playing AJ at the five. Um, they still have Zeke Naji, who they drafted three seasons ago, who could be, you know, a three and D sort of stretch um, five. 
bit undersized, but we'll have to see. And like, he hasn't really had the run yet to actually like, prove that he can play either at the five or on an NBA court. So, look, if Zeke knows he can play the five, this offseason's an A+, and DeAndre Jordan's there for chemistry reasons. Uh, if Zeke Naji, which he hasn't shown yet, can't play the five, then, yep, I've just I've stuck with a B. Um, Pretty good if you're quibbling on the lack of a backup centre, though, being the differentiator between an A and a B. Well, they, they've only got, no, they've only got so much to, to do. Be. They've only got so much to do being, being a team that's so cramped. Also, they're paying the tax for the first time in a long time. So... Yeah. You know, given that this could be an A plus if they just signed maybe a different minute. If they had signed Piers Macbiombo to the minimum, it's an A plus. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but no, they got DJ. So what have you given them? I've given them a C plus mostly because I find it hard to get very excited about the things that they've done. Like KCP, love it. I also think the addition of the the subtraction of Monty Morris is less pressing this season with Jamal Murray coming back. I think you can kind of between him Bones. Jokic and Gordon Ish you can Smith kind is still of, there yeah Ish Smith you can kind of cobble together what Monty Morris would have given you um, and KCP is a huge upgrade over Barton yeah. uh, so I, I, I really like that uh, Brown will be really fun I'm interested to see how that works offensively with he and Jokic mm. I'm sure that there's going to be lots of fun things cooking up oh, 100% um, which will be really exciting so I, I think overall like for the off-season move I've given them a C plus but this team's biggest you know additions this season are you know the two injured stars coming back mm. um mpj and murray coming back like anything that anything else is just tinkering around the edges that is is going to be ancillary to their success this season essentially because if they're really fucking good they're going to be really fucking good because the big three is really fucking good yeah so um what are your thoughts on a team in denver's position being a title contender with you know not much not many roster spots and like very minimal moves meaning a lot what are your thoughts on them picking up another draft pick, being the 30th pick, drafting a prospect in Peyton, Peyton Watson? And look, if, if Christian B-R-A-U-N can do anything, like that's found money. But what are your thoughts on a title contender actually going out of their way to get two rookies? Well, if you like the, if you've evaluated that you think you can get value from someone at 30, um, you think that they're higher on your draft board um, or you have the coaching and development skills to really get the most out of that player then do it because the price to acquire the 30th pick is not high um and future assets you know that you're giving up are not the assets that that will be used in hypothetically a a superstar trade or to bring in even someone like a you know an aaron gordon Mm. level Mm. um plus they've already done that as well yeah yeah. but but even in terms of like just just conceptually hamstringing hamstringing yourself for future moves like the the picks that they the the the, the picks that we're talking about here are not going to be the things that like get a deal across the line or like someone's like nope i'm not doing it without your 2024 (laughs) pick that's going to be the 30th overall like that's just not really how it works so if you like a bloke get him in there um also the the evaluation of the of the players themselves i yeah yeah, i'm not i'm not i'm not grinding the peyton watson tape so i can't (laughs) really say um you can read my article on nuglove.com looking about his short and long-term future wow um also just two two massive additions to the dream blunt rotation uh bruce brown and nuclear Jokic being on the same team is pretty cool why do you say that i reckon they must be good fun Bruce yeah. Brown seems like a nice guy. Jokic is guaranteed good fun. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Brown seems like a nice guy, but there's plenty of nice guys. And you know what they say about nice guys? Finish last. 
Alright, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. Look at this, we got you two teams back to back. I love the alphabet. Yeah, we have a laugh. Um, so yeah, we're going to go fucking um, team, team record order next time. Uh, which still might get me in trouble. Yeah, we might still. Golden State Warriors signed Dante DiVincenzo to the taxpayer MLE. They drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, and G. Santos. <laughs> Didn't we end up nah, deciding that it was We can't D? talk about it for three episodes in a row. He wasn't even in <laughs> the other conference. The last episode we talked about it wasn't on <coughs> feed, though. Yeah, but you know, if you if you're listening to the expanded universe, you would have listened yeah. to everything. So, and but it's, it's it's got to be gay. It is. It is. It's got to be gay. Gay like and butter. This clarified. Seriously. Cough. 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 Seriously. <laughs> that that YouTube guy. Some fucking nerve. Yeah. For the YouTube name pronunciation guy to put the same name up with two different pronunciations, and in one of them say it's pretty simple once you get your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, they re-signed Kevon Looney to three for twenty-five point five. They lost Damien Lee, Gary Payton uh, II, Otto Porter Jr., and JTA. They have yet to re-sign Nemanja Bielica, Chris Chirito, Andre Iguodala, or Kunderi Weatherspoon. Um, so if Iggy does come back, then um, Kunderi Weatherspoon's on a two-way. If Iggy doesn't come back and decides to be a coach, then Kunderi Weatherspoon gets that final actual roster spot. Um, that's been loosely reported, but obviously you can't report it until it's actually happened. Um, I've given them a C here because while I understand the fact that you can't re-sign Gary Payton to the money that he was getting, um, you know, just, just for tax reasons, which, you know, you, know, you, you don't want to talk about, but, you know, this is getting, like, the biggest tax bill in NBA history for, like, the fourth season. Well, so what would his $28 million contract have cost? It was, like, 70, like, yeah, 70 yeah, like, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Um but you know that that still factors into winning an NBA championship. So I'm going to dock them there. Um, Dante Divincenzo. The thing with like getting one of these biolo guys on the taxpayer MLE is like yeah, if everything goes right. Less. Yeah, was it less? It's it's, it's nine million over over two years. That's that's like a million over the yeah, minimum. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. Like he's essentially free. Good signing. Yeah. Good, good signing. signing. So uh, that's why I've you know and the fact that we lost Audrey Porter Jr. Who like. Might be the best sort of big man for Golden State system. Um, obviously, he wanted to cash out because he hadn't made enough money off Washington's <laughs> poor decisions. Off the, the $125 million contract. Um, so, like, yeah, I completely understand why they let these guys go and, and so on. But generally, I've given them an F for letting these guys go. And then just the, the, the major signing of Dante has just, you know, buffed them back up to an average mark. But I understand why it happened. It's just not conducive to winning a title. But, you know, factors outside of basketball played into it. What have you done? What have I done? Let me just open the tab up. <laughs> You've done a C plus. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone a C plus. Um, DiVincenzo is great fit, great value, like we just talked about. Um, but I'm... He's been hampered by injuries the last two seasons like mm. he essentially hasn't played consistently mm. and the reason why he's available like this is because Milwaukee decided this guy is probably not better than Grayson Allen and we don't want to we don't want to pay him more than Grayson Allen mm. whether that evaluation was right or wrong remains to be seen but Milwaukee had the ample time to make that evaluation and yeah. decided to do that and then Sacramento who had wanted to trade for him a year previously 
finally traded for him, <laughs> had him for two months, and then decided we're not even going to fucking tend to you. Uh, no, there, there was, there was, because remember how there was a report where he was pissed off at Sacramento for not starting him, so he doesn't meet the starter criteria, so he can't sign the one twenty five percent on top of his um yeah. his deal. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, uh, there was some like goodwill from the front office there, just letting him go elsewhere. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't know how much they could, they could have offered him, but it's definitely more than four and a half yeah, million. Yeah, it is. Probably substantially more than four and a half million. Um, and if they had valued him to the point where they're like, this guy's an important part yeah, of our team, then they wouldn't him. have done, they wouldn't yeah, have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So either... But it sounds like you and I are both high enough on him to be like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, if he if he's if he's healthy, he's a, he's a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. And I think now, don't crucify me here, <laughs> but I think that there's a little bit of room for him to slot into Gary Payton's role because he's not as big, he's not as good of a defender, but he's still a really good point of attack defender. Mm. And if we're in the playoffs and we're in a situation again where Jordan Poole is a terrible defender and he's just getting targeted every time, could see this guy closing some games next to Clay and Steph. Yeah. Um, just like, you, you know, you're playing Portland in the first round of the playoffs throw him out there for the last eight minutes and say, God damn. Mm. You know, he, he's someone who could do that and do a reasonably good yeah, job. So yeah, I think yeah. he's a really good ad. Um, and I'm not going to dock them for losing these guys because literally the plan is to let Moses Moody and Kaminga yeah. and Big Jim take the Yeah, the big the three. Like that's the, <clears throat> like you're kind of doing it wrong if you're paying $70 million There's so that you can bring in. a role player in that's going to block your draft mm. investment. That's mm. like, you, you, you literally can't do both and get value out of either because yeah, if yeah, yeah, Kaminga yeah. is taking some of Peyton's minutes then you're not getting value for money for Peyton and if Peyton's taking Kaminga's minutes vice versa yeah especially with Otto Porter Jr. and Kaminga being the exact same person yeah well and and you know and like you know Moses Mooney again is not the, the defensive player that Peyton is but they're but both guards it, and he could be yeah they're both they're both playing the same the, yeah, the same yeah, minutes yeah. so I, I've given them a C plus um I think that they've done some good some good stuff and I can't dock them for losing their role players even though like they were undoubtedly really important in helping them win a chip nary six weeks ago <sighs> that is wild uh, so the next team are the Houston Rockets who lost everything in the Christian Wood trade not going to name it uh, they drafted um, sorry they gained everything in the Christian Wood trade and still not going to name it they drafted Jabari Smith Tari Eaton and Ty Ty Washington thank you and they re-signed Jay Sean Tate to a 3 for 22.1 um, I don't know why the contractors reported and not rounded down but this was the only one that was specifically 22.1 so congratulations Jay Sean uh, good money if you can get it uh, they lost uh, John Wall and Christian Wood obviously waiving the former and um, still haven't re-signed Dennis Schroeder, and he hasn't actually signed anywhere. I think they really liked it. There was there were some happy articles down the end of the season where it was like, "Hey, we don't have a fucking point guard," so they actually really liked having Dennis Schroeder, who could just like get into the paint and start something for a team with absolutely no offensive consistency whatsoever. Yeah. So you know that's that would be alright, but you know uh, they can also just give him twelve million when someone else is going to say you're probably worth six. Yeah. Um. And also, Ty Ty Washington's look good in summer league, so maybe he can do that himself. Well, if there's one thing we know about summer league, <laughs> <laughs> it's that it always translates. Um. So I've given them a B plus here. I mean, like the huge love the optimism. The the picks are all good. Uh, I think Jabari is the worst of the big three, but they're the third pick, so you're probably going to get the, the last one remaining. Um, 
by all accounts, they tried to trade up and tried to do everything they could. It was like, fair enough. It's it's hard to trade for the number one overall pick. Um, Jay Sean Tate is going to be hugely positive value on that contract. I think he's like 28, 29. But if you're a contender and you want a 3 and D4... No forward, way he's that old. Yeah, he, he, spent a, he spent a bit of time in Brisbane. Um, Wasn't that Sydney? Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. 1995. Oh. I'm in 1997. And I'm 24. So he's twenty. He turned twenty. He turned twenty-seven in October. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how I. That's how I do math. <laughs> I can't do maths unless I can personally relate it to my own life. Um. So I think that's a very tradable contract for anyone who just wants a three and D forward on the cheap, or just fucking keep him because he's a sick cunt. Yeah, or just do that, and it really helped your team. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, look. The at first the Christian Wood trade seemed a little bit cheap, and and maybe it was. But like, are you really going to get a lottery pick for a guy who hasn't been excellent on a tanking team and has oh, got some chemistry been, concerns? Hasn't been good. So look, I think the fact that they were able to just get a first round pick there, um, and just yeah, re- replenish the young talent. That's going to be a bit of a theme for this this Western Conference. So what have you done here for Houston Rockets? I've gone I've gone to B um, because I I just kind of feel like drafting. Jabari Smith, like, cool, good job. You took yeah. the third best player at number three. Like, I'm not going to give you any credit for that. Like, you just kind of did what you're expected to do. Um, I really do like that they've added two other rookies as well. That's the second time in, in the last two drafts that they've had three first-round picks, which, like, if three of those guys overall hit, like, you're yeah. fucking serious. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, if you get... Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, and one of the more peripheral first-rounders that are, like, fucking really good there you go. a lot we're, of bites of the <clears throat> apple we're cooking we're cooking with gas here um, yeah and and you know I'm I'm kind of at a bit of a um, a loss for what else to say because this kind of is exactly how their vision has been telegraphed like mm-hmm. they're now kind of like it's playing out in the exact way that you would think it is and this mm-hmm. is the exact way that you should um continue because unlike Oklahoma City they don't have like a million draft picks uh, and they gave away a lot of draft picks when they um, traded for Russell Westbrook that's a theme for some teams isn't it <laughs> trading draft picks for Russell Westbrook and it not working out obviously they recruited some from Brooklyn when they traded Harden um, but they're still you know not sitting on like an absolute war chest so mm. finding a way to still bring in young talent and just kind of say look See what works, see what doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. It's a B for me. So moving on from the team that uh, waived John Wall to the team that signed him, we've got the LA Clippers who signed John Wall. Um, drafted Musa Diabate with the 43rd overall pick. Interested to hear your thoughts on Musa Diabate. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. I think I've got maybe 10 minutes there. Um, and they re-signed Nick Batum and Amir Coffey, hot coffee. They lost Isaiah Hartenstein uh, and free agents of note are Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood. I've given them a B plus here. Um because A, just sort of, you know, just sort of happy that they're willing to spend. Um, obviously, Nick Batum, we didn't think he was going to be worth this contract and this. We didn't think he would be the sort of dude to opt out of his taxpayer MLA and re-sign for more money, but here we are. It's, it's, we have maybe not so much over the last 18 months done this, but we did a lot of reflecting in the first 18 months of this podcast and the first... 18 months of the Batumasons. <laughs> but it's pretty fucking crazy that he signed for $25 million a year when that meant something. Mm. From Portland to Charlotte. Yeah. And went from being a bloke who recorded one of the only 5 by 5 in <laughs> NBA history 
to being quite literally one of the worst players in the NBA, being mm. quite literally paid like one of the best players in the NBA. Mm. And then all the Clippers did that offseason was bring in Nick Batum. And we were like, these dickheads. <laughs> and he turned into the Nick Batum of the Clippers. Like, that's <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's happened here? Like, he magically got the spark back? Or was he just playing it cool, keeping it on ice for two years, and he's like, I'm just going to get More than two years. $50 million over the last two years of my contract. They're pretty good. And then rock up and be good at basketball again. Um, and That's- yeah, like, you, you want you want 3 day wings, and you want lots of versatility on defense. They've got Kawhi, Paul George, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Emir Coffey... And I've probably left some players out there. Like that's that's a pretty Don't good sleep on Brandon Boston. That's a pretty good wing rotation. Nah, it's just cooked though. Like seriously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously being a team like the Clippers who um, don't have much wiggle room to actually do anything in the offseason, getting John Wall for the taxpayer MLA is awesome. Um, you know, if he helps at all in the playoffs, that's great. Because uh, Reggie Jackson didn't shoot the ball too well last season, despite shooting the ball a lot. Did I miss some 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 trivia? Some trivia in the in the GC. You did the other day did. where Reggie Jackson's one of the least <coughs> least efficient jump shooters or there's, scorers. There's 46 players who have taken at least a thousand shots um, last season. Last season, mm. uh, and he was the least efficient one. And then there was you, Reggie Jackson took a thousand shots last season. It's a lot of shots. Yeah. So there's Reggie Jackson going upwards. Cade Cunningham. RJ, Julius Randle, Russell Westbrook. RJ, Maximal. Rowan. Yeah, Maximal, that's what I say. Um, so, and obviously, I'm hugely high on Isaiah Hartenstein, but... Uh, hugely high, same for the weekend, man. <laughs> look, he, um, he's, he just got paid somewhere else. You are, that's, that's your boy. That, that, I'm that literally, boy. I've, I've stuck my, my tent pole on this one. In 18 months, he's going to be traded to the Denver Nuggets to be the backup for Jokic. And you know he was Sean, on Denver as the backup for Jokic. He didn't the do a good Carroll job. The Sean circle will be complete. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone, I've gone B plus as well. Uh, it's very unlike me. I feel like. But I really fucking like the John Wall position. Yeah, a lot I of good really, vibes, despite not doing anything. He's literally done nothing <laughs> for three years, and now he's been added, and I'm like, yes. And you know what the best part about it is? We, when they added Reggie Jackson, they signed him to a one-year deal, mm. and he came in, and he played really well for them, played really well in the playoffs. He was their second-best player, yada, yada, yada. And then he cried and said, this team took me in yeah, and paid me yeah, millions yeah. of dollars when no one else would. And it was like very much touching, but also very much like, whoa, you, you, you're talking about like you, you had no options. You, you're, yeah. getting paid, you're still getting paid 20 million by Detroit to go and play for the Clippers. <laughs> anyway, just like a, a, another window into like the NBA players. They're nothing like us. <laughs> um, what happened next? They had to sign him to a bigger contract. Yeah. They signed him to a minimum, and all of a sudden, you're paying him $11 million per season. Mm-hmm. John Wall is locked up on two years, 13. So you're paying him taxpayer MLE for two one year. For pro- one. Probably a player option. I don't think it's a player option. I think oh, it's a straight yeah. two. Oh, so if yeah. John Wall's sick your first year, you still got John Wall for $6.5 million yeah, yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and this team has been you know, crying out for a point guard who can do Pass. the things that John Wall can do. Like yeah. he's. He is one of the best playmakers of his generation. Got, yeah. You know, that, that's gotten lost in the shuffle. But these guys are walking nine assists. Mm. Um, and they're not fake assists either. Like some like some gentlemen like to... Um, 
like to serve up. You know, he's he's pushing the pace, which is another thing that this team doesn't do. They don't run. Mm. Um, but he also is like a premier drive and kick type operator. So mm. if, if this ends up being good, like then this team could be 60 wins easy. And if it ends up being bad, well, you're paying him six million bucks. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so I've gone B plus. I'm really bullish on the Clippers this season. When we do our um, predictions or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever that is that we do every single year, <laughs> that I've now forgotten the name of. Prediction, I think, is right. <laughs> uh, now we do the over-unders. Uh, over-unders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we do the over-unders, I'm hitting the over. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, listeners, I'm telling you right now, whatever the number is, I'm going over on the Clippers. You're looking at the dude who picked the Clippers to win the title and Kawhi to win MVP. Okay. Yeah. I'm going over on the Dickhead. Clippers. Um, so the next team, LA Lakers, they added Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, JTA, Lonnie Walker the fourth on the taxpayer MLE, and they drafted Max Christie, who I've seen way too much on Twitter. Who is that? No, just some dude. You know when the Lakers get anyone, he he's just all over. Uh, I believe so. No, he's not. Oh. There you go. I haven't seen him enough on Twitter. Cormac Carl Max Christie. <laughs> they lost... His name is Cormac. That's sick. <laughs> they they lost Malik Monk um, and free agents they haven't resigned are Mello, Trevor Reza, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, Seiko Demboya, man, I wish he turned out, <laughs> Wayne Ellington yeah. and Dwight Howard. You know what I love about Max Christie? What? Ask me what number it starts with. What, in summer league? Nah, in college. What? You don't want to know. Two? <laughs> nah. Three. That's a three. <laughs> There's, we're, we're, they're both three. Every time every time you're always like, guess what number I started with? I'm like, oh, this must be bad. But it's always a three. No, but there's a gradient of three. Like some, <laughs> Not all threes are equal. Some threes are worse than other threes. Of course. You know. Yeah, there, I'll tell you, well, there might be a hundred numbers next I'll to tell you, three. Well, I'll tell you the numbers then. You can make your own decision. It's 38 and 31. Uh, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's the second round pick. The only... This is more of a conceptual conversation, but the only way, the only possible way that it's starting with a three, if you're a guard, is possible, is if you're a Devontae Graham type operator, where both of them are like 38. You shoot 38 from the field because you shoot so many threes on such a high volume and you're actually pretty good at it. And you don't take layoffs. Yeah. If you're shooting in the threes from the field and you're not a great three-point shooter, I'm not getting into business with you. <laughs> anyway, Max Christie, um, fifth overall, we'll see. But his name's Cormac, which is pretty sick. Uh, so Lakers, I've given them a B just because, you know, there's obviously a bit heap, <clears throat> sorry, heaps of talks about trades, whether that Can be... Can I just interrupt you again? Yeah. This is, this is from um, si.com, forward slash Lakers, forward slash news, <laughs> um, from three days ago. LA exec admits draft pick Max Christie is a long-term project. <laughs> cool <laughs> nice uh, it's yeah hold I, on I like hold the on. F- just let me google <laughs> LeBron James age <laughs> oh he's old as fuck <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you'll still be around when that long term project comes around yeah maybe <laughs> was he two years away from being two years away <laughs> Max Christie no LeBron yeah you call him 37 um, yeah LeBron's he's born on the 30th of December yeah yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Um, did you that know? means he's a Capricorn. <laughs> Capricorns very hardworking. Makes sense. Uh, you know, Chris Posh is. Are you a fucking um, rock crystal girl? Oh, you never know. Really? It's nice to know. No, no, it comes in handy sometimes. <laughs> oh, um, you're a fucking <laughs> sleaze. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like you're yeah, posting um, posting on your Instagram story. Like, damn, Rofi weight sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then just seeing that little seeing that little red red dot show up oh, in the messages is that an insight into your brain rather than my brain nah inside into, inside into my friend's brain you're who April, too openly you're told April? me that I'm born in February same day as Febru- same day as Chris Bosch same as Chris Bosch February 13th, 13th Friday the 13th which means you're an dinosaur you are a Pisces news to me hold on February <laughs> Zodiac sign, there we go. Pies, you're... Oh, no, you're an Aquarius. Oh, you do strike me as a bit of an Aquarius, actually. I actually don't give a fuck. I don't even know <laughs> what that means, but you, I've always thought that about you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, anyway, this... I, I want to apologize formally for my consistent if you're derailing gonna... of the Lakers segment. Have you gotten to your grade yet? Uh, yeah, honestly, if you're going to do it, do it at Lakers. We all yeah. know what they did. They, they replaced old role players with young role players who... There's a reason that they were available yes. for the minimum. Um, and De- I, I, definitely I didn't, reasons. I didn't think that a Russell Westbrook trade was on the cards. So I've given them a B because really they just brought back the band, but the band just happens to be 10 years younger. So if one of them hits, awesome. They're going to fucking leave a free agency a year from now. I've given them a C and I've written in the notes. They're in a holding pattern from last season, which is a pretty stinky holding pattern. So... Mm. For a team that had very identifiable, very identifiable flaws, they haven't actually done a lot to address those flaws necessarily. And also, like if like, I guess a Westbrook trade wasn't on the cards. But at the same time, looking at the scope of a team to address its own problems, Russell Westbrook obviously is the is the problem, and they're in a worse spot with him now than they were two months ago, four months ago, six months ago, yeah. because of all of the shit that's gone on, like the fucking, the the reporting around his exit interview was that it was cringeworthy. <laughs> like this grown, grown NBA, like reporters reporting that it was cringeworthy, <laughs> which is, you know, which says something. Uh, and then there's the whole stuff at Summer League, like LeBron and AD not saying hello to him. Like there's obviously... And his, his agent, yeah, his agent, his news. agent, his agent split split from him because because he said his best his best the agent thought that his best avenue was to seek a trade or take a buyer. No, no, no the the agent said listen to Darvin oh, Ham. Yeah, that, listen, that's what he yeah, said yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The agent and and apparently he's not willing to accept the support that has been publicly offered and come back and like embrace a different role because mm. he's Russell Westbrook. So not only do you have the worst contract in the NBA still. <laughs> you have not that good of a... Like, is he a top 20 point guard? Like, a, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, would you I rather mean, like, have, Washington's got two point guards. Would you though, rather have Jalen Brunson or Russell Westbrook? Jalen Brunson. Would you rather have... Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yeah, Monty Morris. Yeah, Monty Morris. You'd rather have Monty Morris? Yeah, yeah. Well, then that's a fucking problem because <laughs> Monty Morris gets paid $8 million. Yeah, <laughs> Fifty million dollars a year. Anyway, I just kind of think, like, what's the? I don't know. Like, their their hands are tied. Yes, but then what's the point of this whole endeavor if your hands are, if your hands are just going to be tied? Like, I'm, I'm happy to move on. There's other podcasts that talk more about the Lakers. 
other so, podcasts no, right? like out like like different episodes literally or? every other podcast yeah. oh yeah every other channel yeah um, I got you. Memphis Grizzlies they traded for Danny Green they drafted Jake LaRavia David Roddy Kennedy Jr and Vince Williams and they re-signed John Morant to a 4 for two two six with no player option they lost in Anthony Melton Carl Anderson and <laughs> Jarrett Culver is still out there Yikes. potentially to dry um, I've given I heard Guangdong's looking for a, su- a shoot <laughs> <laughs> Man, Dante's catchphrase. I've given them a C because um, obviously heading into this off season, all the all the blog boys were super excited, being like, "Ooh, what's uh, what's Memphis going to do? They've got so much flexibility. They've got all these future picks. They, you know, they can either buy in and like they'll you know, say trade for Radley Beal and be really good tomorrow, or they can push it back and maybe they'll throw an offer sheet at Miles Bridges, who we didn't know wasn't offer sheet a bull um, during those conversations. So there's been like um, there's been a lot of stuff talking about will they buy in now? Will they push stuff into the future? And they very very much push stuff into the future and said our window is three four years from now, which is. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. It's not very fun. I don't really want to talk about that too much because you know nothing crazy is happening. They did just draft a bunch of young dudes, um, so I've just given them a C. They are the definition of treading water, and that's so fine. But it doesn't push them towards a title today. No, it doesn't. And I've given them a C plus. Although I will say that um, no player option. Mm. On Jar's deal is obviously a great piece of business to keep him there for mm. the next like little while, um, but at the same time, that's going to be a cheap as fuck deal. Yeah. Within well, the know, cap the cap's going up, right? It's what a it's it? a it's it's a one ninety three. I think I think it's a I think it's a five for one ninety three. Really? Yeah, five for one ninety three, and then it will go up to two twenty whatever with the if he gets all with the super max. Yeah, but that's still pretty fucking cheap with the cap it's about going to, to go up so cheap the cap is about to go up quite a bit apparently the estimates are that it'll go up 10% every year for the next five years because yeah. they're not going to do a, when the new TV money comes in yeah, they're, they're not, not going to do a, a spike KD. like 2016 they're going to smooth it and go even increments so within two years that's going to be like one of the a blow cheapest max. all NBA level contracts you can possibly get Yeah. Um, and losing Melton hurts them right now but they have parlayed that into David Roddy, thick boy, David <laughs> Roddy, um, which is not so much important for the player as it is for the contract because he's going to be on a cost-controlled rookie contract for the next four yeah. years, which allows them to clear Melton's cap cap hit, um, keep their cap sheet a little bit less cluttered mm. for whatever they want to do down the line, what do they need? They need a big wing. They need a good big wing. Is it going to be Zaya Williams? Probably <laughs> not. Which wing is being dangled in KD trade discussions right now and tweeted out his displeasure at being involved so and has been rumoured to test unrestricted free agency when he hits it in 2024 and would be available potentially in unrestricted free agency in 2024 or earlier is it if Brown? his team <laughs> decides to cash out on him because he's indicated he's going to test free agency. Yeah. Ask me again. Is Jalen Brown? It's Jalen Brown. Oh. It's Jalen Brown. And, and that's why I've given him a C. They've got this opportunity right now and they're just kicking the can down the road. Yeah, which seriously. Is, which but, is fun. But, yeah. which, which is good. Like, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If that kind of 
plays out and in 18 months Jalen Brown's on your team well now you're cooking with gas yeah. and especially because the let's say the Jalen Brown of this free agency class Miles Bridges obviously isn't available so it's like well he's you... available he's just an absolute <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> yeah he might be in jail yeah um, Yeah, and also like John Morant he said that he um one of the reasons why he wanted just the straight five year extension is because uh, I'm committed to um, I'm committed to Memphis like I want to be here like no matter what like I'm not worried about a player option opting out and leaving like you know Seems like Gordon Hayward's name gets thrown around way too much. He's not the only guy with a player option, but you know he doesn't want to be that guy who, who opts out and could leave a year earlier. Yeah. But there's such thing as a fucking extension. Like he could just no, get no, to that also, fourth year and extend. But also, like, you could just have the option to opt out and opt in. Instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could also opt out and extend. Like, there's yeah, there's like, or, like so. Damian Lillard has pretty much never been. A, well, I think he's never been a free agent in his whole entire life because while he keeps getting player options, he keeps extending before that player option comes, which automatically opts in. Yeah, As he all he's doing here is two pathways. He's either being a bit of a stupid cunt, <laughs> or um, he's actually like saving money and giving more money to the table to Memphis to sign free agents, which is incredible. Um, yeah. if he do wants you think to do that. that that's what it is well he hasn't said that so it's like, yeah, it's why, like would he say, why would he say that well James Harden said it James Harden said it a week ago he goes I'm taking you know, don't pressure, worry you go sign there's who, more I'll pressure take the on James Harden to do that though because James Harden was A shit last year and B <laughs> his max number is going to start in what and, number is a start it's going to start with a 5 yeah, yeah. which usually is pretty good if it starts with a 5 but in terms of millions of dollars starting with a 5 that's a lot <laughs> Um, whereas Jars is going to start at, you know, the, the flat rate for five one ninety three. let's do the math. That's like a little bit less than 40 million mm. average annual value. His number will probably start at like 33. And by the time he's in the forties, the money will be in, the new money will be yeah. in, the cap will be higher anyway. So Harden needs to say that because him getting paid $50 million a year to turn out like he was last year isn't going to look it's his last year. Jar, it's like, well, you just fucking obviously take whatever you want. <laughs> I reckon he's been a bit of a, a silly bugger. Silly bugger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, maybe have a conversation with your agent. Yeah. About, uh, about potentially. Although, you know what? Maybe his perspective is at a minimum, I'm going to get paid almost $200 million to play basketball. Um, as in, opposed in to 210 place, in a place that I like and at a maximum I'm going to get paid slightly more than 200 million dollars to play basketball in a place that I like yeah. and he said you know what that's all that matters to me well actually in that which art- is a healthy perspective in that article I sent you um, about I don't know if you read it from the conversation about like you know where where do salaries meet happiness and um, yeah so it, it found that um, like five years ago like the the salary to reach happiness was like fifty four thousand dollars and now uh fuck knows how they calculate this but now that that figure is seventy three thousand dollars um fucking inflation (laughs) but they said that there are huge diminishing returns as soon as you hit that 73 point from there it's just like you know bigger things are happening so john Morant is making more than seventy three thousand dollars a year australian so maybe he's read that same article and goes oh diminishing returns for that last 10 mil yeah uh let's move on to one more team before we take a break because some of us need to go to the toilet uh the minnesota timberwolves they signed kyle anderson Bryn forbes austin rivers and they traded for rudy gobert i don't know if you heard about that one (laughs) Um, and they drafted uh, Wendell Moore Jr., Josh Minot, and I'm going to let you say the 50th overall no, pick. No, I'm going to let you say it. No, 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 no please. You, no, no, no. I, I'll say it, but I'm going to say it after you say it. All right. Uh, 
Il Sono Minnesota, <laughs> questa il draft, uh, Mateos Mangolo. Huh? Almost, almost perfect. The, uh, but the JN is a nyet, like a gnocchi. Spagnolo. True. Spagnolo. What about Mateo? Mateo. Yeah, bono, eh? Bono. Yeah. Uh, friend of the program, Alessio Conte, doesn't laugh as much as I think he would laugh whenever I do a dumb Italian accent. Do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'd do it every now and again. I'll, I'll laugh uh, if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've just read your grade. Um, they also you know what, hey, you know, just speaking of a friend of the pod, yeah. he'll, he'll, laugh when, he'll laugh when he hears this, but we, we, we played netball together last night, and we just couldn't kind of get on the same page. I was playing goal defense, he was playing goal attack. Usually, we're not separated so far on the mm. court. Mm. We can kind of a bit more interplay, but... The ability of a goal defense and a goal attack to interact is is yeah. hampered somewhat. Yeah, yeah. And there are a few like he's come to me and he's like, look, like the goal defense, their goal defense is like stepping up, like look for the lob over there, and I'm like, I'm I, I'm gonna look for it, and then I, I kind of see something, but I don't like it. Yeah. And I go somewhere else, and he's like, you know, like that was there, like go for it. And then I tried it, and it didn't come off. I threw a bad pass and took him like a little bit further away. Anyway, we kind of couldn't get on the same yeah. page. Well, like I said, I'm playing goal defense. So I'm kind of like running all over where, running all over the place, playing defense, like slapping balls away, like intercepting passes, that sort of thing. And I sprint from one side of the court to the other side of the court, to the sideline. And I smack the ball out of bounds. They've tried to throw a lob. I run over and I just tap it out of bounds, like live to fight another day. And he yells out to me, we've got the numbers, just tap that back in. And I, I was like, tap it back in, you reckon? Tap it back in. And I went up to him at a stoppage in play about five minutes later, and I was like, that was very hypercritical of me. I'm doing my best trying to make plays with the team, and you're telling me, tap it back in. The nerve. Couldn't believe it. Ah, uh, cozy, cozy. Um, so this Minnesota team has gone from a, a fringe playoff team to a potential top four lock in my eyes. I I think you gone over. You got in in yeah. like in oh. like six weeks time. You gone over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Such me. <laughs> um. So uh, I'm I'm definitely hitting the over. But the thing is, like they've they've made their big trade. They've pushed all their chips in. They've given up four future drafts. They pushed their, their chips their, in and set them on plus fire. their last three drafts. Yeah. Which is like awesome. Who'd you get? Oh, it's a dude who historically is bad in the playoffs. It's a guy so, who plays the same position as our best player. Yeah, that that too, right? <laughs> so it's like they've done these things that make them a better team, but the exact guy struggles in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's like my I'm I'm grading this on a on a letter scale based on how close they're getting to an NBA championship. Uh, if I'm grading on how close they get to the number one seed, they might get an A+. plus. But if I'm grading it in how close they get to a championship, bringing in Rudy Gobert doesn't do that. So I've gone B-. minus. And what have you written? I've written, fuck, man, I don't even know. <laughs> because I'm thinking about it, and I went through that exact thought process that you did. Like, this makes them a better team. They'll potentially win... They'll most likely win in the high 40s at a, at a very baseline. Potentially could be looking at a 50s, you know, win total for next season. Yeah. But I don't think this team has any chance to come out of the West. Yeah. I don't even think this team has any chance to win two playoff series. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I struggled to really average that out and, and say where do those, like what's the middle ground for those two things? Like making yourself a better regular season team whilst, whilst not only not making yourself a 
better postseason team, but almost like hamstringing yourself mm. because I, I don't even think that it's that Gobert gets exposed in the playoffs. I, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. What is the case is that you're going to want to play Cat 40 minutes a game, mm. and that means you're going to have to play Gobert either less, in which case you're just burning dollars keeping him on the bench, or you play them both together at mm. high leverage points in the playoffs. Yeah, And I, I'll tell you this much now... <laughs> A Western Conference playoff team that sees both Cat and Gobert out on the court in the last five minutes of a close game, they're gonna they're gonna have something figured out for that. They're yeah, gonna be yeah. licking their chops. So I'm abstaining from giving this a letter grade, and I'm gonna I'm gonna submit my official grade as ambiguous vibes. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, the the Carl Anderson signing for I can't remember if it was the taxpayer or the full MLA. I think he was the four. I think the he's. Full. I think he's on a. I think he's on a, a two for eighteen from a, memory. A passing, shooting, slow dude at the four next to Cat is like oh, okay. That's actually pretty interesting because all of a sudden his shot matters less because Cat can shoot. But then they traded for Gobert, and it's like, well, he, he he won't be good when he shares the court with Gobert. We know that. Wait, can Jaden McDaniel shoot? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All of a sudden, the numbers are not adding up. <laughs> no, I know that he can't shoot. I'm more just saying. No, I'm actually. Early. I'm actually just wondering. No, I reckon it's 32. Holy shit! It's 31.7. Yeah. Fuck. Um. It. All right. So B minus. You've gone. I don't know. Let's take a break uh, and regroup with some fresh cans. <sighs> the depth. The the deep. The. Ugh, the deep two. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, I'm Marco, co-host of the... Hey, Daniel Gafford, what's the name of our podcast? The JVG NBA Tribute Show. Wow, I can't believe it's that easy. Thanks, Gaff. You probably know us as two members of the Four Man Weave plus Marco, but we know you as our next listener. Well said, Lucas. I gotta ask, how do we differ from the pack of basketball podcasts? It's a great question, Marco. You see, on our basketball podcast, we have two male co-hosts. Wow, truly groundbreaking. After this episode, stay on your favourite podcasting app and give us a spin. Wait, we should record this. <laughs> so, the cat's just meowing at the poo. The cat's getting in the kitty litter, so... Um, so, uh, we'll pick him back up again. Uh, doing the second half of the Western Conference uh, off-season grades. Uh, we'll start with the New Orleans Pelicans because they are next in the alphabet. What they did this offseason is re-signed Zion Williamson to Heastmax. Um, they drafted Dyson Daniels 8th overall, EJ Liddell 41st, and Carlo Matkovich with the 52nd pick. Could be big. Could be big. Who knew he was good in EuroLeague? Could be big as in he might be a big man. Yeah. Um, actually incredibly quiet. I didn't realize how quiet it was, but you and I had talked about this before the pods. Like, yeah, they're, they're paying a lot of money to CJ... Um, Brandon Ingram, he JV. is a big man. He's a power forward slash center. How good? Um, yeah, quiet. They draft the right players. C. <laughs> what do you reckon? I've gone C as well. Um, same, same reasons. There's also an emotional investment for me here. Like I really want Dyson Daniels to be good. Yeah. Because I need another good Australian basketball player that's not a fuckwit to root <laughs> for. Because two years ago, you're like Ben Simmons, Matisse Thybulle. It's like a golden age. Mm. of good young Australian basketball players turns out they're both idiots it's called the bronze era yeah fucking hell well you you don't want to know what happened to Greece after the bronze era <laughs> tell you what I actually have no idea what? you know my whole my whole knowledge of the bronze era mm. is literally contained in Civ 6 well there's a, <laughs> like a sociographic 
concept Holy called the, shit. Bron- the Bronze Age <laughs> Collapse, which is the idea that for the time of the, of the Bronze Age, just watching the cat do a poo, now scratching the wall. For the time of the Bronze Age, all of those cultures that were in the Bronze Age were very advanced. Um, but they almost all collapsed at the same time. Yeah. And after that, there was like a real drop-off. It was like a real kind of like... Um, what's like a basketball analogy that I can draw? It was like a real LeBron Cavs to non-LeBron Cavs. You know? Yeah, of course. So... Anyway, I can't remember what we were talking about. I want Dyson Daniels to be good at basketball, and I want him to also be a regular normal bloke. The thing that I want to talk about with the Pelicans, though, is so Zion's just signed straight up for the max, which obviously includes the Rose Rule protection that can the Rose Rule um, stipulation that if he makes an All NBA team, he can um, if he makes an All NBA team an All NBA team or wins Defensive Player of the Year, he can um, bump up to. Um, 226? I think it's 231. Okay. I think it's 231. Um, Which is mint. And two weeks before free agency started, David Griffin, uh, he of the enigmatic NBA GMing, he was given interviews saying like, of course we're going to be putting protections into Zion Steel because it's just a franchise trying to protect his best interests. We want him long-term. He wants to be here long-term, but we'd be silly if we didn't do that. Everyone's been talking for two years about a Joel Embiid style protections deal. And the protections that ended up going in have not even been reported on other than Sham Sharania saying that the protections included mm. only kick in if Zion is waived. Yeah. So guess what? If you're waving Zion Williamson, <laughs> things have gone very badly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you're not paying him any money in 26, 27 doesn't really mean anything. Um, you know, or that you're paying him half of his salary in 26, 27, or 24, 25. Like, if, if you can only get financial reprieve in the absolute worst case scenario, like his career's fucking over, so you waive him. Yeah. Which is not going to happen. The, the far more realistic situation which they should have built into this contract is that he plays 35 games a season. Mm. And the protection should be, if you're not playing 40 games, mm. then you forfeit half your salary. Yeah, it's the same conversation we had with Michael Porter Jr. Talking well, about his extension. Exactly. And it happens in other, it happens in other leagues. It happens in the NFL. It happens in soccer. Like, like playing time stipulations are built into the contract. You can earn up to $193 million. If you're paying, playing 20 games a season for two seasons in a row, we're not paying you... <laughs> We're not paying you $70 million or $80 yeah. million or $90 million combined, you yeah. know? And there's none of that. So it's a bit galling for David Griffin to kind of identify the need for the franchise to protect itself and then not do that. Because yeah. like I said, if Zion Williamson's getting waived, well, this team's in the gutter anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, anyway, <laughs> quiet off-season. Uh, I gave him a C. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so the next team, the Oklahoma City Thunder... Uh, one thing I forgot to mention with Golden State is they actually Golden signed... Golden State, which was the third team that we talked they about. Actu- they actually signed Michael Green. Um, does that change your grade at all? No. no. Fair enough. Uh, so, OKC drafted Chet Holmgren, Osman Zheng, Jalen Williams. How fucked did Michael Green end up on OKC anyway? Uh, Denver traded... Denver traded... Salary dumped him with the with the twenty twenty seven yeah. first round pick, which the protections aren't out yet yeah. for the thirtieth pick, which became Peyton Watson. Yeah. 
Um, and they drafted Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. They re-signed Lou Dort at 5 for 87.5. And this morning, they signed Chip England, who was going to retire after spending, what, 18 years with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but they've just signed him as an assistant coach, not a shooting specialist. And I'm sure he's getting very a lot of money to be on this team. And this might be like the biggest addition of the whole entire offseason. Just bringing in a guy who is the shot doctor, shot whisperer, you know, the you know the guy who turned Kyle Leonard into an MVP candidate. Mm. Just giving him to all these dudes. Not not that any of these dudes have broken jump shots. You know, we we both think Josh Goody could do without the knee clacking, but like you know, just just getting a consistent batch of jump shots with every guy you draft. That's so good. So I've given them an A, but. Very, very easily could be talked into an A plus. They've done nothing that put, puts them down from the you know the biggest leap towards title contention. What have you done? I've got an A plus, and I feel the same way about this as I feel about Houston, where it's like it's just nice to see the vision for the future ticking along exactly as yeah. you expect. Yep. But the reason why I'm so much more bullish on this off season for them is because they're doing more with more. Um, love the picks, like. Holmgren, cool. Let's just fucking see what happens here. Like, that's... Yeah, he yeah. looks good. Um, pick him. See if you can work it out. He's obviously a really talented basketball player. Jang is like the swing. It's like the... Who fucking knows? This guy... Yeah, this yeah. guy has played like 11 minutes a game in the French... In the French um, basketball league. And then... Uh, no, he played... <clears throat> um, played in Australia. Yeah, true. You pay for the, you pay for New Zealand breakers. New, New Zealand. Yeah. Anyway, this guy has played like not a lot of fucking and high level basketball. And he's six foot ten, and he's a three. Yeah. Like, let's kind of see what we have here. And then with Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams, can I interest anyone in the Jays? <laughs> um, like, cool. Let's just let's just see what happens. Like, you've got. A I good will say Jalen Williams looks really good. He's really strong about the twelfth overall dunker. one. The guard or the forward. The guard. Yeah. Um. He looks like he can provide like a little bit of like scoring punch, like a little bit of kind of get inside, make things happen um, mm. in summer league. Anyway, I like the positional flexibility in the guys they drafted, like the skill set versatility, because this is a team that has lots of complementary, lots of overlapping skill set. Just get a lot of guys in who can do different things and like trust that your development and coaching team will be able to figure it all out. And I really like the Lou Dort contract. 87 million over five years. Let's do some quick maths. I reckon that's, let's just say like ballpark 17 million a year. Yeah. Which is approaching Mikhail Bridges' territory. Mm. And Mikhail Bridges is far better than Ludor. But mm. the cap's going up. And in two seasons, this is going to be an absolute steal. Because yeah. not only is the cap going up, but Ludor's skill set is also going up. Yeah. And I think as more quality players come onto the roster and the pecking order and offensive structure starts to be more defined, he'll be asked to do less and mm-hmm. he'll gravitate more towards the 3 and D shooting wing type role. There won't be so much of the, let's let Lou Dort do a bit of this and a bit of that and kind of see what happens because yeah. we kind of know what happens is that he's got a bit of Jeremy Grant about him where it's like, he'll do it. It's not necessarily <laughs> great. You don't necessarily want that to be your offense, mm. but we know exactly what he can do, what he can be elite at. 
And on this contract, he's just going to be asked to do that. And this contract is going to be really good value within a few years' time. Like, yeah. just great value for, like, you're starting two, you're starting three. Or well, we, With every contract extension, where because we know the cap's going to go up and up and up, every contract extension, you're looking at just how many years it is. And just the longer the years, you know the player's good. That's going to look good regardless. But it's not. But that's not always true, though, because, like, even considering the cap extension, like, <coughs> Lou Dort, I'm extremely confident that he, in two years' time... Will be settled in his role and will be well worth the money, regardless of if the cap goes up or not. Yeah. Someone like Jalen Brunson, I'm less certain about. Yeah, but you know, it, the but cap it, will go it, up and it, it helps. Will, you paying know. Jalen Brunson, you know, twenty five million dollars a year won't look as bad when the cap goes up by an extra fifteen million dollars. Yeah. yeah, true, but there's scope even for that those cap increases to not cover the negativity if the Jalen Brunson contract ends up being an albatross. Like, it'll still be an albatross. Mm, mm. Um, but I, I don't think that there's really much risk with that for Ludor, and he's the exact type of player that good playoff teams need to have. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I really like this off-season for, for OKC. I've given them an A+. Um, Isaiah Roby waived. Simply, they don't have the roster spots to keep dudes. It's uh, Ooh, And that, and they've got how many more picks coming in over the next... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sort know. of we're, we're starting to see a little bit of the... Okay, there are too many players here. There are actually limits um, on Not that Isaiah Roby's a world beater and like good on the Spurs, which we'll talk about first. You know, he's still hanging around. Uh, can I guess? Yeah. Uh, who's to do with three names? Jer- Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson now. Is that who you're going to say? No. Nah. Who? Darius Baisley. <laughs> True. New Balance is very own. Uh, let's move on to your Phoenix Suns, who in free agency added Damian Lee, Josh Kogi, uh, and traded for Jock Landau. Uh, and they re-signed Devin Booker, Bismack Biombo, and they matched the Indiana Pacers offer at 4 for 133 for one DeAndre Ayton. Uh, they lost Aaron Holly, Frank the Tank, uh, Holiday, uh, Frank the Tank, and JaVale McGee. If, if you were traded for Kevin Durant, I would have given you an A. Um, but obviously, given where you are, being a team that is you know right up against the cat, you have little wiggle room. You're not going to make a major trade with any of your big pieces. It's like you know what else can you do? So I've just given you a C, just because you're treading water. You replace some of the role players. I think Damian Lee is a good player, you know, as your third, fourth guard. But um, yeah, just sort of you didn't trade for KD. This is this is it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it kind of feels like we have ultimately. St- stood pat whilst the rest of the Western Conference has like upgraded mm. or in the case of the Clippers and the Nuggets have gotten their guys back mm. um, so I've given them I've given us a C minus um, despite spending this entire off season repeatedly saying to anyone who will listen including on this podcast and on the JVD podcast that I just want the team to come back together <laughs> I want to bring Aiton back and I just want to roll it roll it out again next season and see what happens. Mm. That's ultimately the result that I'm getting, but it kind of feels weird because we took the worst possible route to get here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think someone who obviously needs to be kept on task like Aiton and who obviously had issues with, be it the front office or the coaching staff or his teammates at the end of last season and through the off season, like that actually hasn't been reported on a lot. Like we don't actually know what the problem was, which is strange mm. for saying that was so high profile and has continued to be high profile. Mm. We just know that there was a problem. Mm. Um, if he's like resentful to be back, he wanted to be in Indiana, he wanted to be anywhere else and he's back. He's like, I took the money, I took the money, doesn't mean I'm happy about it. And he's not like bought in like, well, him not bought in 
like he has been in the last two seasons is actually not what we really want yeah um, so I think that is it's an abstract intangible thing it's not like a move but mm. I think that that's probably the most important thing like what's his headspace like mm. the other thing as well is that like I just really was really hurt that we lost Javel McGee <laughs> because even though like three years is a lot like I would I reckon he's going to give you two good years on that contract two mm. good years at the taxpayer mid-level to be one of the best centers the best backup centers in the league Bismarck Biombo we've re-signed in the minimum he was really good last season when he played with Chris Paul mm. and exclusively when he played with Chris Paul because when he played with Chris Paul he knows how to screen and Chris Paul was essentially just telling him I want you here <laughs> yeah. and he was just dunking everything yeah. when he doesn't play with Chris Paul he's just Bismarck Biombo yeah He's just Bismack Biombo. And this season, we don't have a Frank the Tank. We don't have a Jalen Smith. Like, other guys who you can just kind of, like, throw in. Our third center is going to be Dario Saric, who's, at this point, like, you know, playing, you know, playing in, into his 30s and on... Mm. on a torn know, ACL. A torn ACL. Re- repaired recovery. ACL, yeah. Um, he's not a center. Like, yeah. he's, a, he's a... Defensively, he's a four, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, C minus. I'm not actually feeling very buzzed or optimistic, but you know what? It's Despite like, getting what you want, <laughs> this also is just who I am. Yeah. With, with 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 basketball, anyway, I am yeah. just I am just very cautious. Oh, is he? Are yeah. you sure? I haven't heard that one before. You get that from my mom. <laughs> um, so maybe I'm maybe maybe the ship is like sailing straight and this is just how I experience the ship that's sailing straight I'm not really sure but I'm not like buzzed yeah uh, let's move on to the Portland Trailblazers who signed Gary Payton the second they traded for Jeremy Grant and they drafted Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker they re-signed Anthony Summons to 4 for 100 and Yusuf Nurkic to 4 for 70 uh, and they lost Eric Bledsoe and Joe Ingles. I've given them a B. Um, and now, obviously, you and I weren't really enthused when we heard that they were going to be building around Damian Lillard. But I would say that in terms of, like, if this is the, the route that they were going to go down, this might be the best possible scenario. Like, they get Jeremy Grant. They don't have to go up the seventh pick, which is crazy that that, that was in some, some mock trades because, you know, it's very valuable for a guy who's only got one year left on his deal. Um like they got Jeremy Grant for for not much they they brought back their guys which you know it sort of seems like these guys were coming back when they agreed to rest since halfway through the season in Nurk and Simons and look I don't love Gary Payton's fit there but you know at least they got a guy who is a very good perimeter defender and has played on a successful team uh it's like it's it's just like the process is wrong like build, retooling around Dame isn't the way you win an NBA championship. But if they have to do it, this is fine. Well, also, not yeah, I mean, like, Dame, who Dame who last season wasn't Dame. Mm. Like, he was a, a much reduced version of himself. So it's not even like you're retooling around a Steph 31-year-old yeah. All-NBA point guard. Yeah, It's like, how many more seasons can he do this? It's like, there's actually the possibility that this guy got a serious injury and didn't manage to play through it well mm. at all. And either the poor play or the serious injury will reoccur like yeah. that's not a, an impossibility here uh, I've gone C because I completely agree with you the process is all wrong I've written here deck chairs Titanic something something <laughs> um, like re-signing Nurk okay I guess but he's been like probably a below average starting centre the last 18 months mm. so 
Paying him $17 million a year is essentially what he was on before. So you'd look at that and say $17 million a year on a much greater, you know, it's a much lower percentage of the cap. Like what a great, what a great deal that is here. But yeah. his play has also diminished over the last, you know, like 18 months. Yeah. Mostly due to injury. They also need a starting center. Like if they, they, if they, they don't, if they don't use this money, they're going to get a minimum center. Yeah. No, no. Uh, like, uh, of course, like, and, and he's, he's not a complete train wreck, but he's just not the guy that we had seen in the, in the past. Yeah. Who you um, fell in love with. Yeah, well, seriously, he, he was a top five center for, like, you know, two years there. He was really fucking good. Mm. Another thing that I don't love is drafting a guy who um, the highest level that he's played at is high school basketball. Yeah. Shaden Sharp didn't play college. Yeah. He also didn't go to the G League. He also didn't go overseas. He just redshirted yeah. and was around the team. Yeah. Although he wasn't actually training. He was working, to his own words, he's working on his body. <laughs> trying to get NBA ready cool yeah. you know who else didn't play college basketball you well <laughs> I had a few offers on the table but nothing really um, a few mid-majors Big Jim <laughs> yeah and he came into the league looking like a fucking bloke who'd never played college basketball he yeah. played three games and he looked like it if Shaden Sharp looks like it what what use is that if, mm. if this guy isn't going to be a productive NBA player till his third season when Dame's 35 well well, it's it's like the Lakers drafting Cormac, Carl, Max Christie. <laughs> yeah. What what does that do for me in the time period that I'm trying to be good? It does nothing. Mm. Another player who took a while to develop into the player that he was and didn't play basketball with the exact same team, the exact same college, way back when, 2011, Enes Kanter. He went third overall. Mm. He didn't play. He did the red shirt thing that Shaden Sharp did. Mm. And he was like not a good NBA player for like a few seasons in Utah. And some might argue he never was, but that's well, that's unrelated. Sorry, I should have said Enes Freedom. Um, I just worry that by the time Shaden Sharp is good, if he does end up being good, like it won't really matter for Portland. Yeah. Um, and the final thing that I don't love and I'm talking myself into making this a C minus rather than a C. <laughs> yeah, you got Jeremy Grant, and it was great value. You you got it. You got him in for far less than what he was being talked about six months before, mm. twelve months before, eighteen months before. That's great. Mm. But this team needs him to be the Detroit version of himself, which is not an optimized version of himself. The first six months of Detroit version. Asking him to do what they're gonna have to ask him to do, which is to be the primary wing playmaker mm. initiator scorer like we've seen how that works he shoots 41% from the field like that's what he does yeah. he also is a diminished defensive player because he's spending so much effort um, he's spending so much effort on the offensive end and you yeah. might say well most of the pri- most of the playmaking is going to come from Ant Simons and Dame which mm. is true mm. but teams that are really really good mm. need initiation and scoring punch from the wing mm. so He's going to have to do that at some point. If this team's good, he's going to have to do that in the playoffs. And unfortunately, teams where their best wing shoots 41% in the playoffs don't actually go very far. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I've just gone with a B just because I think this team's going to win in the mid-50s at a best-case scenario. You think mid-50s? Because Dame... I just don't Dame think that. Before, I think this team... last season was an all-NBA second I think player. this team is like... We could be talking about him like seven or eight. Like, I, like um, I really think this is a playing level team. Maybe even like Lakers, Lakers this past season. Where I'd like be that. surprised if they weren't in the plan. Like, I don't think that there's like an eleven seed here. I think that there's yeah. a six to ten. But like, or yeah, six to ten sounds reasonable to me. But six to ten, you're talking about maxing out 
50. Yeah, it's like New Orleans last year with no Zion and half a season of CJ. But Dame should be good. Like, he had an injury and the year before he was second team All-NBA. Like, that's such a good player to build around. And the team that he was second second team All-NBA team, second team All-NBA on was better than what this team was. You reckon? Yeah. Who's the three on that team? Fucking probably Mo Harkless. <laughs> I feel like he's on every No, we had a better team. version of Nurk. We had CJ. Um, yeah, I... Zach Collins. Yeah. I'm just kind of not... <laughs> yeah, not infused. <coughs> All right, so the Sacramento Kings signed Malik Monk. They traded for Kevin Herter, and they drafted Tim... Sorry, Keegan Murray with the fourth overall pick. They lost Dante DiVincenzo, which you've already talked about. Mo Harkless, which you've also already talked about. Uh, Justin Holiday, which we talked about. His brother and Damian Jones, which we talked about in the Lakers section. Let's just move on. Um, free agents to note are Jeremy Lamb. So I've given them a C plus because... <laughs> Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, and Malik Monk are upgrades on the talent they had last season. It's just not that much. Yeah. They're more watchable. Uh, I guess they're a teeny tiny bit closer to a title, but you, you very much just want the eight seed here. And I think they're closer to the eight seed than they were before. The eight seed would be banners hanging. Um, the question that I would ask <laughs> about all of those guys, and I would exclude Murray from this because um, we, don't, we just don't know. But... They needed quality defensive players from last season because they're... All offense, their center. Book, their bookends, their mm. point guard and their center, terrible. Mm. Harry Barnes, great, but he's also 32 years old. So, mm. you know, we'll see about that. Malik Monk, not known for his defense. Yeah. Kevin Herter, he's big. He can move his feet on the perimeter. He's probably a good defender. Doesn't he move the needle that much? I'm not sure. Um, this team will be like they've added good players like all those guys that, that they've just been talking about are like good players yeah. and will help this team be fun offensively like they will I'd imagine have a top let's say 20 12 <laughs> probably a top 12 offense like I, I, I don't think that that's I reckon yeah I don't think that that's out of the question you're higher on uh, Domas than I are you? like you, you like him more than I do I don't I don't love him offensively I Offensively, I do like the the hub elbow center. Mm. That's kind of maybe mm. why I like Nurk so much back in the day. If mm. you can like you know just operate at the elbow and find your own shot, and also find your own teammates anywhere on the court, operate as a screen or operate at the DHO. I think that that's really valuable offensively, and that's a really good fulcrum to build your offensive round mm. and there's no doubt that the, the Kings have quality offensive players who can fill the roles that you need around a centre like that it's just that none of these blokes can defend Yeah, no one can defend maybe Mike Brown's going to make them magically change their basketball DNA yeah. the, I've given them a B because they have gotten better they just haven't gotten better in the ways they need to and unfortunately in a in a twisted way, I'm just excited to see what novel ways this team can find to fail. <laughs> because <sighs> despite all of this, like this team just never succeeds. Mm. And whatever their benchmark for success is, they never succeed. Mm. It's not it's not even an, an objective league wide thing. Like they haven't made the playoffs for X amount of seasons. It's yeah. like they set themselves a goal every year and they fail spectacularly. And they so loudly set themselves that goal. Yeah, so I, I just think that there's no way that this team succeeds at their goal, which is probably eight 
right? <laughs> I think there's no way this team this team is eight. I think that this team is like a nine through twelve. Yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of nine through twelve, the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> no, I think that's optimistic. <laughs> who signed Isaiah Roby and they drafted Jeremy Sochan, uh, Sochan, Malachi Branham, and Blake Wesley. They are three first round picks. Which Jeremy is very Sochan nice. famously Polish. Uh, famously, the international man of mystery, according to the Ringer. Um, they. Oh, I'm not even going to say the Hawks dudes. Uh, they traded away Dejounte Murray, and I, he's I born lo- in Oklahoma, by the way, so he's not that much. <laughs> I um I love the fact that they got four first round picks from the Hawks for Dejounte Murray because Dejounte Murray is an all star, right? If you say, "Hey, he's an all star point guard," it's like, "Yeah, awesome." He is an injury replacement after two injuries in the Western Conference to be an all star replacement, yeah. or maybe it was just one. Uh, who knows? Um, but like there yeah. were two injuries and he was the second Lamello was on the other conference he was the day, second yeah. so he's just, he's just a, yeah, yeah. Um, but like you're getting Hawks picks and swaps where like the the picks are based off the regular season we know that they find the regular season extremely boring given, but they fucking find the Drew League extremely boring as well <laughs> <laughs> given the heights that Trey Young has already fucking met um, but yeah get, getting getting a like solid all-star haul for DeJounte Murray who might only be a one-time all-star and I, I really like it for Atlanta we talked about it mm. but four picks is awesome they've mm. you know they've refilled the coffers is it two and two like yeah, two, two, two straight and two, two swaps. Yeah, two yeah. straight, two swaps. Yeah. Um, and look, they just drafted three dudes in the first round. And they, that's that was that. It was the next. It was consecutively, right? I believe so. So the bet that they're making there is that in at least one of those years, the Hawks are shit. Not even. You you can just have the twentieth pick and be like, fine. Yeah, but it, that's you, not as in that. You want to you want to see upside. Like if one of those seasons the Hawks don't make the playoffs, though, all of a sudden you've got a lottery. Pick. So one of the picks they got was the twenty twenty three Charlotte protected first, which has been thrown around a few times. That was in the Cam Reddish trade. Then they got twenty five, twenty seven, twenty six. I said that the wrong way around. 25, 26 swap, 27. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. way out in the future, Trey Young will still be an all-NBA guard and they'll still be good. But, like, you're allowed to just have an extra 20th pick. Yeah. That's fine. They don't, or, they don't have to be bad. Or this team, this rebuild takes two years and then you just are trading the 25, yeah. 26, 27. Um, fuck it. How has this rebuild taken two years? <laughs> but well, anyway. Who knows with these guns? <laughs> Um, I like it. Bilo and Isaiah Roby. I've given them an A plus. They went into they went into this season with lots of questions. The main question was: Is Greg Popovich going to be the most winning coach of all time? And they've exited this season with the most winning coach of all time. They have the the future of the Atlanta Hawks, which is great to, as you say, trade or just draft. They've got a bunch of bylows. They've got a bunch of first-round picks that they now have on the roster. And it's where you talk about Houston and OKC, where you can see the rebuild come into life. You're going to say the exact same thing a year or two years from now with San Antonio. Question. Yep. Has having the winningest coach of all time ever, ever, ever meant less than it does right now? For a team. <laughs> because it means nothing. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Pop still being there is kind of emblematic of how I feel about this team. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? This all should have happened two years ago. Mm. There's no reason why this process shouldn't have been, shouldn't have started then. Mm. Um, and I still kind of feel like this team is not going to be bad enough to compete with the bad teams. I think they will. I don't. Have think, you seen this roster? I don't think that this team is going to end up having a top, like a, a shot at a top three pick. I just don't. Not with Pop there. Are you serious? Yeah. I reckon this is the second worst team in the league next year. Yeah. Uh, can you name their starting lineup? 
Actually, can you name me their three highest paid players? Calvin Johnson is one of them. Calvin Johnson. Uh, Doug McDermott is second. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking at it. All right, but Doug, I'm thinking which one of these blokes is on their second, second or third contract? Doug I, McDermott is second. Josh Richardson is third. Yeah. Danilo Gallinari is fourth. Yeah. That's the waiver. Yeah. And then Yaku Pertle, who I think is a really good centre. But Romeo Langford, Devin Vassell, Josh Primo. This, this is this is this is worse than what I than what I in my head I thought it was. But I still think I stand by my. All right, let's, let's bet a picnic. Let's bet a picnic. Let's bet a handshake. I reckon this is going to be no, a bottom three team. Pig organic mint. Sure. Or chocolate. We, uh, just, yeah. just for the record, none of us have bought anyone any of these chocolates <laughs> any, in 160 ever. episodes. <laughs> um, no, nah, we do look at our fish on the night out. <laughs> um, I, I still kind of just don't think that this is this is a team that's like bottoming out. Mm. Um which, which if that's not the case then like what's the point like what are we doing here not only has it taken us too long to get here now that we're here we're not like I reckon they are doing yeah. well uh, that's just a difference of opinion yeah also the J is not capitalised in DeJounte I reckon they are yeah scraping the barrel yeah this is going to be a bad Kelton Johnson's like not bad I don't mind that is he your third best player in a championship team could be and he's like 23 so yeah. we'll find out yeah yeah but we a four out. Who does he have much switchability on defense? Is well, mate, he an offensive hub? What were you doing when you were 23? <laughs> I was in lockdown. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's oh, also the um, it, it it yeah it does seem like Pop's going to turn stay around for another season. He was calling the dudes who got drafted, and also um, Kenny Atkinson declined the Charlotte job to come back for another year, and Quinn Snyder said, "I'm just going to take a year off." How? Oh, do you think Pop is? 67. You reckon he's 67? No, 73. Bro, you're... Bump that up. He's <laughs> really? way older. No, 73. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought you I thought you wanted to know how old he was six years ago. So that's why, oh, that's why I quickly changed yeah. to 73. How, how, how tall do you reckon he is? He played, didn't he? I reckon he's 6'3". He's 6'3". Have you seen that video of um, Stan Van Gundy yeah, from his coaching yeah, yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. And he's like... I don't want you to just do a dribble. I want you to kind of put a move on him, whatever you got. And then he just breaks out like fucking seven yeah, moves yeah, yeah, yeah. in a row from the baseline to the half court. Did, did see someone did a remix of it where it was like every dribble, like the bass drops and then the <laughs> camera shakes and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, let's talk about the final team, the Utah Jazz, who traded away Rudy Gobert for a bunch of players uh, and drafted Walker Kessler in that Rudy Gobert trade. Don't you reckon... Walker Kessler is the most Mormon name you've ever heard in your entire life. Just thinking about it. Sounds like something you stay away from in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, they lost Rudy Gobert, uh, Bo Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> he, fought, wait, he signed for Toronto. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he did. did yeah, he? don't question yourself. You're yeah. right. I was so proud of ESPN showing some fucking restraint and not saying Bo Cruz on the move. Nah, I fucking got a fucking bleacher report notification <laughs> that said Bo Cruz. Hold on, let me find this shit. Let me find this shit. It was awful. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to, if I'd be able to pull it up. But yeah, there was no restraint from bleacher report. <laughs> Poor bastards. Uh, Daniel House Jr. and Royce O'Neill also left. Uh, we're still waiting on the Donovan Mitchell trade. 
Um, but far out. They got way more than neither of us, anyone thought, was going to get for Rudy Gobert yeah. after his failings in the playoffs. And they're still going to get more assets in, the, in a Donovan Mitchell trade. So I've given them an A+. plus. Even if they get the absolute minimum for Donovan Mitchell, I still think this is a great offseason. Yeah, yeah, it is a great offseason. And I've given them an A-plus as well. And I'll expand on why in just a second, because currently I'm trying to find out what religion Walker Kessler is. <laughs> Um, but I do know that he's in a committed relationship. Try um, googling from... Andrew Wiggins' wife. <laughs> no, Andrew, it's Andrew Wiggins' sister. Um, he married his sister. Oh, jeez. No, nah, that's my information source from playerswiki.com. The article is Walker Kessler. Who is Walker Kessler dating? Know about his girlfriend and relationship status. Oh, you're always on those sites, man. <laughs> um, I've given the Utah Jazz an A plus for. Um, what I imagine is the same thing that you said, even though I was doing my own research. <laughs> but what a hole, right? Like, we've talked about it, but fucking pretty sick hole for a bloke who might be their second best player. I mean, I'm not really sure where I come down on, on the whole Rudy versus Donovan debate in, in terms of who's better, who's more valuable in a vacuum, who's more valuable to the Jazz. But, like, what's certain is that that's a conversation to be had. And they just got an absolute... Kawhi Leonard level hole yeah. for for Rudy Gobert and it's it just becomes a numbers game like the, like one of one of those assets is going to pop like guaranteed there's yeah. too many of them to not and even in a world where they don't pop those form the backbone of the next offer that you're going to make to bring in whoever you want to bring in for you know through through a trade um, this team has gone from being kind of like locked in at a, at locked in at a second round level for God knows how long mm. certainly the last three years that's been the, the ceiling that we've seen and um, the, the 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 roster construction with prime role players aging like Conley and Bogdanovich also being paid you know 20 plus million dollars mm. there's no one else who's like a young role player who's going to come in and inject like a little bit of life or who's on a cheaper contract like all their role players are old and expensive. Their stars are expensive. There was not really any scope to increase, improve this roster. Um, so going the complete other way and getting the haul that they did is like literally textbook. Like this will be, <laughs> this will be taught at Danny, NBA Danny GM, Hange, yeah. NBA GM University. Like this will be one of the case studies they do in, in semester two of the se- of second year, which is tanking. <laughs> Danny Ainge knows how to tear things down. Seriously, though. He also knows how to build it up. Like, credit where credit is due. Yeah. He's built, he's yeah, built, yeah, he's built yeah. championship and championship level teams his whole career. We, we make fun of him, but he is good at his job. Yeah. Um, all right, just just before we wrap up, that is the final team. Um, I'm going to reward you with a little bit of a joke that I made today in this Facebook group. Oh, I can't wait. Where I'm currently working on a bit where Dobby from Harry Potter is trying to become a graphic designer, but he doesn't have the adequate assets to start. Mm. And then Harry emails him, and then he looks up and goes, my, my, Master has given Dobby eye stock. Nah, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought initially when you said Dobby my mind went to Dobby from Peep Show ah Dobbs fucking Peep Show references per 36 uh, <laughs> at an all time high do your Mark Corrigan impression again oh it wasn't a good impression I just said the words four nine Jeremy four <laughs> that's insane I'm not, I'm not the dude who does that Aren't you? No. No, who is it? Um, I don't know when it was the most Peep Show. You, you should hear my Sean do a Shaq impression. 
Your mate Sean. Yeah. Sean Conlon. Yeah. Sean E.C. Do a Shaq impression. Number five. <laughs> JaVale McGee. <laughs> One of my favorite. Tragic Bronson all over. <laughs> One of my favorite subgenres of comedy. Other than omitting the two when talking about going to a place. Um, is people doing impressions of other people doing impressions. <laughs> it's always magical. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's up there with British humour. Um, but, yeah, man, what a... This is this is big pod. Big pod. Big pod, split big across pod. two episodes. So, yeah. fucking pat on the back to us. And yeah. I think there's some really good analysis in these off-season grades. And it was a really good off-season to uh, analyse. So... Yeah. Dante, I'll speak to you next week when we get back to our regularly scheduled programming, whatever that may be. Um, But talk to you later. Until next time, coke by the shoes. We were over the moon when we first heard that the NBA was going to be televised on Australian free-to-air TV in the 2019-20 season. It didn't exactly go swimmingly with the nasty cough halting the season and games getting cancelled left, right and centre, but it was a huge step and an exciting one for basketball fans all across the country. Better yet, it wasn't a commercial channel cashing in on some basketball nerds like us. It was SBS, one of our public broadcasters. Unfortunately, the NBA wasn't the only thing SBS was pushing last season. They also ran advertisements from Sportsbet, Ladbroke, Bet365, BetEasy and Neds, some of the biggest sports betting companies in Australia. In a one step forwards, two steps backwards move, SBS has dropped the ball here. As a public broadcaster, SBS plays a key role in providing relevant, culturally appropriate health information to local communities. The last thing SBS should be doing is offering a platform for gambling companies during the most financially unstable time in recent memory. This past year, men aged 18 to 24 made up 79% of new gambling account holders with increased median spending and frequency of bets. This is the last thing we should be spending our money on given the financial uncertainty that comes with the pandemic. During COVID lockdowns, wagering companies spent more money on advertising and incentives to gamble, and it worked. SBS needs to hear from viewers that gambling ad revenue isn't worth the harm it causes. Call on the SBS chair, George Savitas, to put community health ahead of gambling revenue by signing the petition at www.endgamblingads.org.au forward slash get gambling off SBS with hyphens in between.